Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This episode of the Therapy as a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Therapy Reflection Journal. The Therapy Reflection Journal is your personal journal for your therapy experience. Whether you are just starting therapy for the first time or currently in therapy, you can utilize this journal throughout your process. This journal was designed for you to write down topics and themes that you and your therapist discuss throughout your counseling sessions. There's a place to keep track of your mood, things to work on in between sessions, and an entire place for you to reflect on what you and your therapist talked about. Take this journal with you consistently throughout your counseling experience to dig deeper and see growth in your mental health like never before. You can go to rosinrenee.com to purchase or the link is in the description box. Now let's start the show. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Rosalind Renee, and welcome to the show. And welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am your host, Raza Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, y'all. I'm so happy to be back in front of the microphone as usual. Your girl is not skipping a week this week. (laughs) She is on time and ready. She ready, girl. Y'all, so I am super lit because we are on episode 20. Houses. Y'all, I have done 20 episodes. First of all, pauses episode, turn some worship music on for yourself because you have been rocking with your girl for 20 episodes. <laughs> I am so excited. Like, oh my goodness. Okay. So, because y'all know I will get into a soapbox. I am excited about this week's episode, per usual. Um, I am, we are talking about shame and overcoming shame. We are in part three of this series. And I have gotten so much feedback from you guys about this series. And I'm super excited. I've even had one of my really close friends. She reached out to me and she was like, girl... I listened to your part one and I was like, oh, my God, I I cannot believe that you actually felt that way. And what's interesting is because it surprised me because um, my friend, she's known me for I mean, I think we're almost 30. I think we've been friends for like 20 years, Um, maybe not longer, 25. And so it's just so interesting to me like you could know somebody for so long and never know what they struggled with and she said to me I know you felt like that before but hearing you talk about it was a different thing so 
Um, I'm just glad to hear that feedback and know that I can be vulnerable at this point in my life uh, with you guys on that level to the point to where even my friends are like, girl, what? Wow. And so I'm glad you're enjoying the series. Um, We are going to get into part three of this episode. And this episode is actually going to be really different as I'm going to be inserting some clips of a TED talk that I um, listened to years and years ago, but it's so relevant to this topic. And so we're going to, I'm going to talk about that in a second, but thank you again, just for the feedback. I'm glad that y'all loving this series. Um, As I had shared last week about just kind of like where I was at uh, this week has been better, y'all. Um, I am really learning a lot about the power of just being transparent, um, learning God and being in a different place with him, especially, um, I went back to therapy. I, like last week, as I told you, I went to therapy. I scheduled a follow-up appointment the next week because I just felt like I needed to have another check-in and not like another week break in between. And I'm glad because me and my therapist talked through a lot of stuff. And it's just good to feel a little bit better emotionally. So as we go through this, I know that I've been talking about overcoming shame. And although I don't have all the answers and I don't know everything about this topic, um, I'm going to provide you with as much value in this episode as I can. And hopefully this can just plant some seeds in your mind and in your heart about this topic, because what I've realized, especially in now doing this 20th episode, is that although I may have gone through therapy And the fact that I'm a therapist and kind of in tune with my emotions, sharing those things, although y'all resonate with them, you may not do this on your on the on a daily basis. So really taking a step back from me and saying, okay, the population in general sis, doesn't really know about emotions and sharing trauma and talking about shame and confidence and all these things. Um that I believe God wants to reveal to you. And so, you know, I'm just really kind of taking my time as I share this. And although these things are resonating with y'all, I do want you to take what I say and take it to therapy, of course, but really, really know that these things and these feelings that you have are normal. You're normal, you're human, and I hope that they help you. So as we go through this, I'm going to kind of give you, uh, we're going to go through about four things and then I have a listener's question. So the first topic, we're going to review shame and vulnerability. We're going to overview how people that feel worthy operate, like how people who fully are walking in worthiness and feeling enough operate how our difficulties can shape this concept of shame and how we we go through can make us feel like we're not good enough or what is going on or what is God doing and it just makes us question everything fourthly and I'm gonna take a sip of water real quick fourth fourth I'm gonna um fourthly did I say fourthly y'all that's not a word Okay. Fourth, some ways to overcome this. So although I really want to just kind of give ways to overcome shame, I don't want to discount the fact that some people may not even know what this is. Like, 
I could tell you how to get over something quickly, but I want the value of you knowing what this is so that if this ever comes up again, you know what it is and know how to address it. Um, it's almost like if you break up, you you end up ending a relationship with somebody. We can just, it's easy for me to say, I'll get over that girl. But it's different when as a friend, I'm walking you through like, okay, well, what were the patterns that were in the relationship? What were some things that came up that were hard for you? What were kind of communication problems did y'all experience? So that if you get into a new relationship and it comes up again, you have a different outlook on how to address it. So I really just want to be practical and give you some tools that will be way more empowering than just kind of saying like get past this and then lastly I'm going to actually do a listener's question I have a listener that reached out to me the beginning of April and as we've been corresponding back and forth via email I found that I really wanted to answer her question um on the podcast and so if you have a question and you feel like maybe the feedback I could provide would be helpful, please send a question to therapyasachristian at gmail.com. I'm really excited about answering that question for her. So before we get into the topics of addressing shame, like I said, I need to share more with you all about what this is. And so um, this thought of not feeling good enough has been making it hard for us to fully be who we need to be because we just don't feel good enough about ourselves. Like this is just a epidemic, I think, of in the people of God where we just don't feel good about ourselves. And it may be the age we're in of this comparison. I don't know. You know, girl, I mean, I can say it is, but I don't know. But we've allowed these things to happen and it's really robbing us of the feeling of being good enough, a.k.a. just really feeling worthy. And I know that I talked about um, in a couple in like the months ago with the episode of um, the year. For those of you who are new listeners, my word for 2019 is worthiness. Like I am going to walk out of 2019 declaring, decreeing with God that I feel worthy because I'm tired of feeling down on myself when I go through things. I'm tired of looking at the obstacle that's in front of me or where I feel like I should be and God's not taking me to where I expect to be um, and looking at that as... I'm bad. Um, And I also just really don't want to look at those situations as well and think and don't like God and resent God. And I feel like that's where I've been emotionally, if I'm being honest. I've just resented the Lord because I have these expectations of what I want my goals to be. That when they don't come in the time or the fashion that I want them to, I begin to just get angry with God and resent him. And that makes me not want to talk to him. It makes me feel just frustrated with him and really just blame him as if it's his fault that all these things are happening, which I've realized that a lot of it is the character that God wants me to have. And he's trying to refine that in me and make me push to seek him more, not do the opposite and turn away. And so along with beating myself up and then sometimes resenting God, I've developed this attitude that, oh, I'm just not good enough. And I'm overcoming that. I'm going to overcome that. I'm walking out of 2019 feeling 100% confident and worthy 
Most of the, the things that make me feel worthy are sometimes just a decision, but some things are deeper rooted issues that I just know I need the love of God and the grace of God and the blood of Jesus and my relationship with God to help me get through. And so um, in this episode, I want to continue to give this concept of shame to you Um So I'm introducing a clip from a TED Talk, and the source of this TED Talk came from YouTube. Um, It's from Brene Brown, who is a Dr. Brene Brown. She is a shame and vulnerability researcher. Um, She's a qualitative researcher, which is basically qualitative means quality, which means that a lot of times researchers who do conduct research will gather stories and information from people instead of like numbers. So some researchers are quantitative, some are qualitative. Qualitative basically means stories and information, and they look through that information for patterns. And um, in the patterns, find out from multiple different resources what the patterns are. So Dr. Brene Brown is a qualitative shame and vulnerability researcher who um, is at the University of Houston. She's been on Oprah. Sis has been in Oprah magazine. I mean, I think if anything connected to Oprah, you you have, you know what I'm saying, you usually to make it, girl. So she has been in multiple, she's written multiple books. Um, it's just as a powerful concept of shame and the willingness to be to belong and be brave and courageous. And so I'm going to give you a small tidbit of who she is in this podcast. And I really hope that you take advantage of researching her. I'm going to link um, her YouTube video below and some of the other information that she has. She has an amazing book that I actually was um, supposed I've been reading um, throughout the time I've been in therapy, I think I've kind of gotten halfway through it because I read so many books. Um, it's called I Thought It Was Me and my therapist told me to read it. It's on shame and the concept of shame. Um, and so just the gifts of imperfection. She's written Daring Greatly. She's written. And if you've heard of her, you know, she's the bomb. So after tooting her horn, um, this concept of shame, she kind of has done research on for years which I believe is why she's been catapulted into the way she has been. But um, she explains shame in this clip about what it is and why it is so hard for people who experience shame to feel connected. Um, And if I'm giving that concept related to Christianity, when you don't feel good enough about yourself, it's really hard for you to feel connected to God. It really is hard for you to feel connected to people. It's really hard for you to feel connected to your purpose. It's really hard for you to feel connected to being able to do daily things when you just have such a low self-confidence about yourself. And so in this clip, she's going to share what it is and people who have confidence and feel, and even um, people who have all these like Uh, have courage and all those things what is the single thing that separates them from people who experience shame so that is this clip that I'm about to share and so I pulled back out of the research and thought I need to figure out what this is and it turned out to be shame and shame is really easily understood as the fear of disconnection is there something about me that if other people know it or see it that I won't be worthy of connection, 
The things I can tell you about it, it's universal. We all have it. The only people who don't experience shame have no capacity for human empathy or connection. No one wants to talk about it, and the less you talk about it, the more you have it. What underpinned this shame, this I'm not good enough, which we all know that feeling, I'm not blank enough, I'm not thin enough, rich enough, beautiful enough, smart enough, promoted enough. Um, the thing that underpinned this was excruciating vulnerability. This idea of in order for connection to happen, we have to allow ourselves to be seen, really seen. And you know how I feel about vulnerability. I hate vulnerability. And so I thought, this is my chance to beat it back with my measuring stick. I'm going in. I'm going to figure this stuff out. I'm going to spend a year. I'm going to totally deconstruct shame. I'm going to understand how vulnerability works. And I'm going to outsmart it. So I was ready. And I was really excited. As you know, it's not going to turn out well. Um, <laughs> you know this. So I could tell you a lot about shame, but I'd have to borrow everyone else's time. But here's what I can tell you that it boils down to. And this may be one of the most important things that I've ever learned in the decade of doing this research. My one year has turned into six years, thousands of stories, hundreds of long interviews, focus groups. At one point, people were sending me journal pages and sending me their stories, um, thousands of pieces of data. Um, and six years, and I kind of got a handle on it. I kind of understood this is what shame is, this is how it works. I wrote a book, I published a theory, but something was not okay. Um, and what it was is that if I roughly took the people I interviewed and divided them into people who really have a sense of worthiness, that's what this comes down to, a sense of worthiness, they have a strong sense of love and belonging. And folks who struggle for it, and folks who are always wondering if they're good enough, there was only one variable that separated the people who have a strong sense of love and belonging and the people who really struggle for it, and that was the people who have a strong sense of love and belonging believe they're worthy of love and belonging. That's it. They believe they're worthy. And to me, the hard part of the one thing that keeps us out of connection is our fear that we're not worthy of connection was something that personally and professionally I felt like I needed to understand better. Okay, so I hope that was really helpful for you as it was for me. Um, listening to it even years ago, I think I was probably like maybe 2000 and maybe 2011 was when I found Brene Brown and just still listening to it years later it still resonates and I think it resonates even more because I think then I was like 21 um and so I was still really young in my thinking but I think this just still sparked something in me um this concept of you know what she said, the people that have love and belonging believe that they are worthy of loving, of love and belonging. That just hits so home for me. And I don't know how it hits for you, which is I don't want to get into my own concept. I mean, I will, but I don't want to rob you of just what that sentence can mean for you when you believe you're worthy of love and belonging. When I think of 
um, just belonging to God. And I'm just going to give a simple thought process. Um, If I feel worthy of love and belonging to God, what is different from what I normally feel? And I think what has recently changed, especially just this year with my feeling of being worthy of love and belonging feeling worthy of love from God and feeling worthy of belonging to God is my sheer ability to be vulnerable to him. When she talked about excruciating vulnerability, I feel like that has been my life the past year and a half. Just being in therapy, not fighting the process, but really just going through it and doing it and being all in Not saying that it's hard because in the TED talk, she talks about how when she went to therapy and how she walked in, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm not really here to talk about family. I'm not really here to talk about nothing related to past. I just want you to give me the strategies to fix this. And I think a lot of times we approach life like, what can I do right now to fix this? What can I just do to fix this now instead of going pushing through the pain to get to the next point? Instead of just accepting that perfectionism is not, should never be a goal, but, or I shouldn't say be a goal, but perfectionism should never be like who we are. Like we should be okay with just making mistakes. Like I feel like in the last year and a half, I've approached, well, really, I guess maybe even the last couple of months, I've approached life just like, I ain't perfect and I just don't I really just truly don't want to be because there's so much pressure to try to be everything to everybody be everything to to my job my husband well I mean let me just take that back like just saying that I can't be everything all the time and that's okay and that even though a bunch of balls are in the air one's gonna be on the floor Like I can't juggle every single thing. And so that idea that everything is not going to be perfect. Like my bed, I'm looking at my bed. My bed isn't made. Although I went downstairs this morning, cleaned my house. My bed isn't made. That's okay. Like life shouldn't be this stressful thing where because everything is not perfect that we're doing a bad job at life. Um, And so I think that I've just learned that Even me being able to get on this microphone with y'all and talk about excruciating, vulnerable things with people I don't even know is vulnerability. Because I would rather do that and give glory to God than not do it and be robbing you all of freedom that you could experience from just sharing my testimony. And so... This excruciating vulnerability, what it means to me is I had to go through sharing my trauma with my therapist um, to then recognize that there is power in being open. There is power in being who you are and sharing yourself and not worrying about what people think. Like we live in such a society of I care about what somebody's going to think or that my friend is going to be mad at me if I do this or my friend is going to hate me if I do this. And oh, my God, what is my mama going to say? Oh, my God, what is my parents going to say? Like, who cares? Like, y'all got to get past that. And I'm not saying that because 
you currently struggle with that because I've been there, which is why I can say, oh my God, get past it. But when you're in it, you don't feel powerful enough to feel like I can step out on faith and do this thing no matter what somebody says. Like sometimes you just don't want to do that. And so um, this idea of do I belong? Do I do I can I do these things is yes, you can. It's just going to take you really, really, really dissecting the mindset and unlearning what has made you be at this point of not feeling worthy. Um, I think and I'll get into that in a minute um, that our traumas can sometimes Um, alter our way of thinking of the world which is normal like if you've gone through something that was traumatic whether it be extremely traumatic or not so traumatic to other people it still happened and it has impacted the way you look at the world a bad relationship can change the way you trust people it can make you feel like you're on guard all the time that nobody's worthy of trust that nobody is going to be there for you that you're not worthy to be in a good relationship like it can alter the thought process you have towards the world and usually the only way of getting um, through that is being vulnerable and being open about what you think and so um, in the next clip you know I want to share with y'all she talked about people that feel worthy of love and belonging have these Four characteristics that I believe are so impactful. Um, And I'm going to go through them after she talks about it in the clip. But I want you to really listen closely at these characteristics because they're extremely important in this idea of feeling worthy. And let me say this really quickly before I share this clip. Um, What happened um, after she figured out that these people have the people that... um, don't really feel shame or fear of all the fear of things is they feel worthy of love and belonging. She went back through all of those stories and interviews that she had with people and saw what they all had in common. And this is what she came up with. Found what they had in common was a sense of courage. And I want to separate courage and bravery for you for a minute. Courage, the original definition of courage, when it first came into the English language, it's from the Latin word cur, meaning heart. And the original definition was to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. And so these folks had, very simply, the courage to be imperfect. They had the compassion to be kind to themselves first and then to others, because as it turns out, we can't practice compassion with other people if we can't treat ourselves kindly. And the last was they had connection, and this was the hard part, as a result of authenticity. They were willing to let go of who they thought they should be in order to be who they were, which is you have to absolutely do that for connection. The other thing that they had in common was this. They fully embraced vulnerability. They believed that what made them vulnerable made them beautiful. They didn't 
talk about vulnerability being comfortable, nor did they really talk about it being excruciating, as I had heard earlier in the shame interviewing. They just talked about it being necessary. They talked about the willingness to say, I love you first. The willingness to do something where there are no guarantees. The willingness to breathe through waiting for the doctor to call after your mammogram. The willing to invest in a relationship that may or may not work out. They thought this was fundamental. So I really hope you enjoyed that clip because, gosh, it's so good. So courage, compassion, connection, and vulnerability. Um, Courage, if I'm going to start with what she said, was telling the story of who you are with your whole heart and just the courage of being imperfect. Um, Man, like I say this all the time with y'all about being open and being sharing your testimony. That is so powerful for you to do. I like I just think as Christians, we don't share. We don't share who we are. We don't share our weaknesses with each other. We don't share what we're feeling. And if we do, it's just sometimes kind of this masked thing. And I think the power of sharing opens up the door for you to be able to see that you are not the only one that has experienced this or has experienced this and having courage to share is valuable. There is no way that I could have shared with y'all maybe two years ago that I used to be angry with God and feel resentful towards him because of things that have happened in my life because I know there's someone else in this world that feels that way. There's nothing new under the sun. What you feel or what you have gone through Someone else has experienced. This is why God says, like, share with him, but not only share your share your testimony um, and share what those things feel like because other people feel them. I, I'm like, listen to me, y'all. If you ever feel alone, someone else has experienced what you are feeling. Um, and so it's important to have courage, compassion, give to yourself before you can give to others. That is like self-care one-on-one. You can't really take care of others. You can't have compassion for other people and you, you can't come from a, you can't pour out if you're empty. Like you can't even see that someone needs something if you're not fooled to pour out. Like when Jesus talked about having compassion for the people that will follow him, he saw that they needed him. And so it's sometimes hard to feel like other people are, that you can help other people if you don't feel like you even help yourself. And so having compassion to give to yourself, moms out there, give to yourself, find a way to give yourself a break, to pour back into your cup so that you can be available to the people who need you. Um, And just not miles, but people in general. And then connection as a result of being authentic. Like, I love me a sister that can be 100%. And I think one of those things about being authentic is that not everybody is going to like who you are when you're 100%. Like, not everybody is going to accept your 100%. However, someone will. Like, people gravitate to people who keep it 100 with them 
And I think it's important to understand that you got to be your your authentic self, sis. Like even if you don't fully know who you are, you who you are is still going to shine through as you move about in this life. Whether negative or positive, like who you are is going to shine through, period. People will say that. And if you really want to know who you are authentically, ask your friends, uh, people that will be honest with you, and ask your family. Ask people that care about you, um, who you are, what personality traits you have if you're struggling with finding out who you are authentically. And then fully embracing being uh, being vulnerable, because what made them vulnerable made them beautiful. Y'all, that sat with me so deeply because I think this this thought process of what is what makes me not be perfect is um ugly. No. Like have you ever been through apologizing to someone and saying like I'm sorry? And how much the other person valued that apology. You sharing the ugly truth about what you've done or the things that have happened does not make you weak. It doesn't make you seem like you have to prove a point to people. It makes you courageous. It makes you beautiful. Me sharing with God how I have felt resentful towards him. Like I recently this week told God, I said, Lord, I have been resentful towards you because my expectations of where I want to be in life right now aren't there yet, God. And I feel like you don't hear me. You don't hear what I'm saying to you. Like you don't hear me, God. Like I'm trying to tell you what I want and you don't hear me. And the beautiful, the beautiful thing about the Lord is that he hears me and he doesn't discount. I'm trying not to cry. He doesn't discount me saying those things to him as if he wants to cast me away. Like when I said that to the Lord this week, what he did for me was show me that even though it was not uh, comfortable, he said, Rosalind, you need to be content. Wherever I put you, wherever you are currently is where you need to be. I don't want to bless you and the character of who you are is not what is wouldn't be ready for the blessing I want to bless you with. Um, God has shown me this week character and that who where he wants to take me and the blessings he wants to give me. My character has to be redefined. And one of the things he said to me was, if you resent me now and the blessings I've given you now and I bless you greatly and it, things don't go your way and the blessings I want to give you, are you going to resent me then? And so he was showing me to be content no matter what I'm going through or what I'm expecting it to be. I have to work on my expectations. And a part of, you know, fixing your expectations is being grateful and practicing gratefulness and gratitude. And so that's been my task this week. And I have been I have seen that I am immensely blessed by just doing little gratitude. Like I'm like, Lord, if I'm thinking the blessing that I think I want is, you know, you may want to bless me immensely. But if I'm not happy with what I have, I'm so blessed, so blessed. 
And just the joy I feel from doing a little gratitude and saying, God, thank you for a good marriage, having money to be able to go get the things I need and have savings, being able to impact people on a podcast. Thank you for my job. Thank you for the opportunities you're blessing me with. Thank you for a a mom that is getting better. My mom was sick this time last year. She has cancer. I was going through treatment and, you know, I was crying in my bed like, Lord, my mom's going to die. My mom is like almost in remission, y'all. So it's just like the blessings that are around me. I can't sit there and want the next thing if I'm not even grateful for what I have currently. And so that little bit of gratitude has helped immensely in learning how to be content. But how would I have gotten to this point If I had not confessed that to God, if I wasn't vulnerable with him. And so my vulnerability is what makes me beautiful in God's eyes. So um, I'm going to get into overcoming and I still have so much to talk about (laughs) y'all. So I'm going to try to get through this really quickly. But I wanted to say that trauma and our difficulties Um, Anytime you have gone through trauma, it can just make you feel like you're alone. It can make you feel like what is happening. It can often make you feel like, how can I move past this? And again, it's like I said, it's those mindset shifts of unlearning your norms and your reactions to different situations that impact um, who how you can get past those traumatic things. Trauma and difficulties are going to happen, but. The thing I want y'all to know is you're not alone, that God is not forgotten, that it may often feel like how you're going to move past as your perspective has to change. Do gratitude like that was a monumental thing for me. And look at the blessings you have now and it will be impactful to you. And so I really want y'all to know um, I looked at this video last week um, or actually, no, this week, of T.D. Jakes and Stephen Furtick crushing. I'm going to link this video below. Oh, my God. This was so impactful to me because T.D. Jakes basically talked about in the whole video the crushing. And what I was talking about, God showing me, like, be content no matter where you are, because the character of who you need to be when I want to bless you needs to be refined. And this was a such a monumental video because it made me look at all the past situations I've experienced and how much they hurt, how they brought me into the blessings I have now. And he talks about just the crushing and why we can we have to get at this perfectionism mindset of everything is not going to always be perfect. Everything is not always going to be put together and that those challenging moments, those difficulty moments should push you to God. And what happened was, is those crushing moments make you into who you are, the beautiful person you are. Why? Which is why the vulnerability part is so important and so I'm I I mean I highly recommend you watch Renee's video but I really think you should watch T.D. Jakes and Stephen Furtick's video as well so I'll link that down below and then lastly I'm gonna over I'm gonna just overview some ways to get over shame and then we're gonna do our listeners question so um 
The first thing I want to say is gratitude for God is knowing that even though I'm going through this, God is going to take care of me. And that has helped me so much in this week and just having joy and enlightenment in this season that although I don't feel like I'm good enough or when or I'm not going to say that the days I feel like that I am enough in God's eyes and having gratitude is helpful for that. Remind yourself I'm good enough and dwell on the truth. Search the scriptures for the truth and the promises of God and who he is. I I like guarantee like I challenge y'all to literally Google um identity in Christ and look up scriptures on identity in Christ and those things we just dwell on them and dwell on the truth of God. Figure out the root of your shame. Is the root of your shame perfectionism? Is the root of your shame rejection, feeling as if no one is accepting you? Is the root of your shame pride? Like pride is mine, like where I don't feel good enough because I have such a high expectation of myself. And so I kind of just put myself on a high horse. And when I feel like I don't meet that, I get prideful and I just feel bad about myself. And so it's well perfectionism is basically a root of pride and so I mean um pride is the root of perfectionism and so just really kind of digging deep into that um is a loneliness a root of shame is status a root of shame for you like you feel like I have to do all these things um to be one to feel like I'm put together and is addressing the root of your shame is really important so I really want to offer you all some packages and some things that you can get on top of listening to Brene's message on top of listening to TDJ's message um Mrs. Charm Lewis who did the podcast with me for the childhood trauma, if you love Charms podcast interview, you are going to 100%, 1000% love this bundle package that she wants to offer strictly to my listeners as a discount. She has done two master classes on rejection and confidence. And basically, both of those master classes, she's offering a buy one, get one, or you can get both of those classes. And she's offering my listeners a discount, which is so amazing. I'm so excited. And so if you go to MrsCharmLewis.com backslash masterclasses and enter the discount code TAAC, you will get a 20% off discount. I just think the investment into understanding rejection and confidence is so important. If you have ever felt like you're not accepted, that you're alone, charm has such an gift for breaking down these concepts and making them so easy to digest and I loved the classes I bought the rejection one and did the master class once with her and then the confidence one she so graciously graciously sent to me and I will tell you just listening to her break down these concepts even just rejection I'll just start with that it's such a heavy topic and the fact that she broke it down where the root comes from what did the leaves look like from rejection and how it shows up in your life is so powerful and I just think that you all will love this package so I'm gonna link that below go to mrscharmlewis.com backslash masterclasses and enter the code TAAC for a 20% discount the second thing I want to offer you is is learning to overcome shame means being being vulnerable. And one of the most powerful things I've learned with being vulnerable is journaling and just slowly letting out 
where you are and what you feel. And so I have a, I have a resource for you that you are going to love. This girl named Diavola Bennett, she wrote a journal called The Therapeutic Journal. And it is basically a journal where you're able to write about past experiences, present experiences, and future experiences. And you do this by completing prompts that she created that ask you deep-rooted questions. Um, and it is so good. And I want to offer that to you all as well. She has given that to me as a resource for um me to offer to you also go to axiavalashade.com. I will link that below for you where you can purchase your book and journal as a way to just start journaling and getting that um, starting your process of just being vulnerable. And I just think that you're going to love that resource as well. And even though, like I said, it's, even if you've never been taught this before, this concept of being vulnerable and we look at people and we want to be vulnerable too vulnerability starts with just being honest. And even if you have never been honest with other people, you can be honest with yourself. And then ask yourself, um, what is, ask yourself, what are you dwelling in that makes you feel insecure? And so, you know, the not doing enough part of me and, you know, not feeling like I walk in purpose and not feeling like I'm doing a good job. Like this is purpose. Me doing this podcast is purpose. And so the enemy will make you feel like you're not doing enough. But when you really center yourself in God and vulnerable with him, he will show you what you do daily is enough. Being my daughter and believing in me is enough. I love you just the way you are. And so those vulnerability things teach us who God is and building our character into being able to overcome. So I'll to do my listeners question and be right back listener um, and I have been corresponding back and forth since um, the beginning of April and she wrote me and uh, if you have a question you can send it uh, to therapy as a Christian at gmail.com and if I feel like I need to give you more feedback I will feature it on the podcast and I felt like I wanted to answer this question because it goes so well with this episode and I felt like maybe many people are experiencing this I really wanted to share her question And she knows I'm, of course, sharing this information. So she wrote me in the beginning of April and said, I'm just seeking some help. So she said, hello, Roslyn. My name is, and I, of course, won't share her name. I just started listening to your podcast last week, and I feel like I may need to talk to someone. I just don't know how to explain it, but sometimes I feel like no one cares because I'm, I'm the person who always has it together, and I don't. Like you said, it's good to just let stuff out. Looking forward to hearing from you. So I wrote her back and I said, thank you for reaching out to me. Can you give me some background on what you mean related to feeling like no one cares? Has this been recently or for a while? Also, do you currently have a therapist? Do you need help finding one? So she wrote me back and said, just a little more info about me. I'm the person everyone calls when they have an issue or a problem they're dealing with, but I feel like I can't go to them. The reason I feel this way is because I feel like I can handle things on my own and I don't know how to ask for help. Everyone, and I mean everyone, thinks I have it together, but I don't. I have negative thoughts about myself and I feel like I'm not good enough. I honestly know what my purpose in life is because I don't see what others see in me. I think she meant her right. I honestly don't know what my purpose in life is. So I'm thinking that's what it was. I don't see the value of my life. I 
I currently don't have a therapist, but I'm looking for one. So I wrote her a long email back and I basically kind of gave her a lot of feedback on what she said. I said it would be important for her to find a therapist, to have an outlet, to see where some of these feelings kind of came from that she can identify. I also put when she stated, I can handle things on my own and I don't know how to ask for help. I told her it sounded like I can't pinpoint what's wrong for me to fix And I said, you should definitely never do anything on your own that would result in you figuring it out on your own. It's always helpful to ask God for help. Ask Holy Spirit to show you what are some of the areas you're dealing with. Humbly ask him because he is willing and wanting to help. Additionally, pray and ask God to show you how much he loves you. Is there anyone in your life that you're close to that you can think of? Um, And I asked her that question. I gave her the... um, podcast on shame and I told her you know having negative thoughts is that she has value and all of that I'm kind of summarizing all this to get to the point um so yeah and I just kind of talked about the forced isolation of thinking no one understands is the deception of the enemy I know that these are very thought-provoking things but I wanted to get you thinking and I just told her that understand she is God one of God's loved ones so she wrote me back And this is the kind of the gist of the email that I really want to share and answer the question. She said, hey, Roslyn, I believe I'm still dealing with some grief about the passing of my mom. She passed away unexpectedly seven years ago this October. And before her passing, I was taking care of her and taking I take I took care of her the best way I knew how. Of course, now I have feelings and thoughts about how I could have or should have done this or that. My life before her passing involved me working and taking care of her. That's it. I felt like that was my purpose in life and what purpose in life was doing for her. I put my life aside and did what I had to do. So when she passed, I didn't know and still don't know what my purpose in life is because it was all about her. I also felt completely alone because my mom was my best friend, so I was just lost. With my mom, I felt needed and wanted, but now she's gone, so what am I supposed to do? I guess this is why I do so much for others. I don't, and I don't ask for help because I really don't know how to ask for help. So now I just want to isolate from others, and I just deal with it myself. I need help finding a therapist. So she and I are going to work on her finding a therapist, um... But I wanted to really give her some feedback. So, sis, let me just say this. First of all, I commend you because you can ask for help because you asked me and you don't even know me. So you don't know me, Jack from Genesis. Besides the fact that (laughs) I talk on this podcast, you don't know me. So I want to first commend and challenge that thought for a minute and tell you that you can ask for help because you wrote me about something so vulnerable. And I just want to say thank you for sharing and feeling comfortable sharing that with me. But not only that, letting me be able to share this with at this point, I think I'm, I have about 5,000 downloads on my podcast, thousands of people. And so I'm excited to answer this question for you and get this to you. So um, I definitely think you should find a therapist for the purpose of really processing this grief. Passing of your mom seven years ago, I can't even imagine losing my mother. So I, I, I'm really trying to answer this the best way I can because I've never lost a parent. So I'm giving it based on just kind of my expertise within grief grief, and then just feelings in general of understanding that um, it may be really time for you to talk about some of those feelings and thoughts you've had the past seven years of following her grief. And so just give an overview 
there is actually something called the stages of grief. And the stages of grief grief are very different. Um, Grief is up and down. And there could be different triggers for when grief comes up related to your mom. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but you could be triggered off a smell, a piece of jewelry, Mother's Day coming up, um, a time, her birthday, her passing anniversary, a song she used to listen to. Then your feelings may be up and down about it. You may feel good one day, sad one day, angry the next, and denials. All of those feelings are normal. So I'm going to name off the stages of grief to you. And I'm also going to link them below this article that I read on it. I had a paper, but I left it at work. But the stages of grief, there are seven. Um, Shock and denial, which is where you basically deny the reality of someone is gone. Um, Pain and guilt. And basically after kind of the shock has worn off, there's like this overwhelming feeling of pain and guilt. And like, what could I have done? What could I have said? What could I have done more of? I maybe should have called the doctor more. Just these feelings of like regret that you didn't do something. Um, Anger and like bargaining. So you feel upset. You lash out. You feel like, why me? Um, You may, she may, and I'm not saying this is a thing, but like whatever made her sick, you kind of do the opposite of because you don't ever want to get sick. Um, Just this feeling of anger and just bargaining with God. Well, Lord, if you just bring her back, then this and just you know, this overwhelming feeling of just like anger and upset. Um, Depression is one of the stages where you feel just really sad. You feel lonely. It's depression, reflection, and loneliness. So this lonely feeling you have is normal to grief. Um, And it's just, you feel like you don't want to talk about it. um, And that talking about it with other people makes them an outsider. Um, And during this time, you may just feel just an overwhelm of loss and just feeling like I don't have anything. I don't have anything. You isolate yourself. The article actually says you may isolate yourself on purpose, reflect on the things you did with your lost one and focus on the memories of the past. You may sense feelings of emptiness or despair. One of the next stages in upward turn where the depression kind of fades away and you may feel a little bit better. There's um, the reconstruction and working working through where you become more functional. You're, you may have times where you feel like you're okay. Like, okay, my mom's gone. I can, I got to start getting back to life. I got to start getting back to what I was doing. And then the final stage is acceptance and hope where you accept it. You're hopeful about your life. It doesn't necessarily mean like instant, instant happiness, but you feel like you're okay. These stages are up and down. Like you may feel acceptance one minute and then may turn and go right back to guilt. They're up and down. They're triggered by different things and it's always shifting. And so I want you to one, recognize that what you feel is normal, that it's this is a part of when we lose someone. Um, and that it's okay that you feel these feelings. Girl. Like, I don't want y'all to feel like having negative feelings is is a bad thing because this is normal in our feelings. This is not a perfect feeling. And it's normal to feel these thoughts and these feelings when you're grieving. But that's why it's important for you to process this in therapy. Going on to the next thing you said, I take care of her the best way I knew And now I have feelings and thoughts about how I could have or should have done this or that. That is tied to that feeling of guilt and feeling like, what could I have done? 
And it's important to process these, not only process these feelings in therapy, but also a lot of these feelings may be tied to God and how you look at God. And and you may be angry with God. You may be like, I don't know why God is allowing me to go through this or why I feel this way. Why processing this death of your mom is important because you said you feel like that's tied to kind of what you've been going through. Um, and that may be the thing that God is saying, let's go back to this. I want to talk about this with you, my daughter, because there are a lot of feelings you have towards me that are tied to this situation. And I think it would be helpful for you to talk about what it felt like for your mom to pass. What happened afterwards? What were the things you were thinking? How do you feel towards God now? What's your relationship and your perspective of God because of this passing? And I'm not saying that God may be using that as something, but it's important to just kind of walk through those tough things and be able to talk about it. Um, grief is heartbreaking. And there's a scripture in Psalms 34, 18 that says, the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. God is still with you, girl. Like the fact that you wrote me is his intervention in your life. He hears your prayers because I don't think he would even, I mean, I just am like, okay, she asked me this. Like, I want to answer this for you. And God is hearing you right now. Um, you also said, I felt like that was my purpose and life was doing for her. I put aside and did what I had to do. So when she passed, I didn't know and still don't know what my purpose in life is because it was all about her. So let me just kind of give you a brief overview of purpose because me and my therapist actually talked about this this week. Our whole purpose in life is to worship the Lord in whatever way we worship God and loving him and loving other people. We are we were fulfilling purpose when we worship God and you were worshiping God in helping your mom and taking care of her and finding ways to make sure she was okay. You didn't fail in purpose because she passed. And that can be a a common feeling when someone passes like did I fail in what I was doing? You can still find ways to worship God in the other ways you do life. So as you process your feelings with your mom, you'll begin to discover some of the things you like. You'll begin to find things that um, you enjoy. The time that has happened and has passed is not wasted time. All of these things you feel, girl, you could talk to a ton of people. You could start a grief counseling group at your church, like just a support group where people could talk about what loss feels like. There's there's so much tied to this that is still within purpose that you don't have to feel like you've lost something because time has passed by. Because I know that that can also feel a common feeling. Um, when you help others, you're still worshiping God. You helped your mom. You didn't lose purpose. You fulfilled it in helping her. And you still have purpose in fulfilling because you're still here and you can still worship God in the things you do. Um, helping others because you may want to help them. Oh, that was what I was going to say. When you were talking about um, I help everybody else, it may be because you may find this happiness and joy just like it was with helping your mom. But here's the thing. You must and have to be poured into. We cannot pour empty. If we start pouring empty, we become resentful of the people we're helping. When I pour empty, I feel angry when I'm like, ain't nobody listening to me. 
And many people may not help because they don't know what you're going through. They don't know you feel these deep rooted feelings. And that's why it's important to be vulnerable. And if you don't feel ready to share with people around you what you feel, telling your friends, like, I feel really sad because I lost my mom seven years ago. Like people may know that, but they may not know that you were impacted the way you were by it. Um, And the power of vulnerability and sharing, like if you don't feel ready Talk about it with your therapist. As you process through it, it will get easier to feel like you can ask people for help. Um, And then lastly, you said, also, I feel completely alone because my mom was my best friend. So I'm just lost with my mom. I feel needed and wanted. But now she's gone. What am I supposed to do? Um, The wanted and needing needed feeling. I I really heard you when you said that, because we all want to feel wanted and needed. We all want to feel accepted by somebody and our mothers. My mom makes me feel so wanted and needed. So to hear you say that, sis, I, 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 I understand. But I want to say this to you. God wants you to know that you are are wanted and needed by him. He wants you to know that he wants you to feel like you need him and you want him. Um, And I'm not saying, and please, and I hope I'm not um, discrediting what I'm saying when I say that it doesn't replace your mom's physical feeling of feeling wanted and needed. But I know that there's a way you can still honor her in that processing through how you feel about her. You gave so much to her in this time that she was here and and so I really just want to say, let God fill those voids and feel the feeling of feeling wanted and needed by him. Um, and as you process through feeling wanted and needed, it will be easier for you to start feeling vulnerable and especially in sharing this difficulty. Um, so don't feel ashamed. Don't feel like you got to know everything. It's not this. This is this is a perfect example of why. We have to process our feelings in therapy because there's so many things that are tied to situations and traumatic events in our lives that we have to address. And not only that, but why these traumatic situations are so tied to God and why he wants us to talk about them in therapy, because You may go to church and pray about it, but that may not be just the thing to fix the real feelings of like all these things you listed are like literally packed with emotions and thoughts and feelings. And so I really challenge you. um, We're going to work on you finding a therapist. You know, I'm going to help you with that. And then, you know, as you go through this, I'm really, 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 really excited about your journey and the healing God's going to give you. So that is all. I know this episode is longer than normal, y'all, but I really wanted to take time on her question because I felt like it was needed. And sis, you, I'm, I'm lifting you up in prayer. And um, I really hope that it was helpful to anyone else who might be struggling with this. So that is all for this week. I love you guys. I'll be back next week for another episode and we will talk soon. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.